reading from the 24th chapter of the Gospel according to Luke, beginning with the 36th verse. While they were talking about this, Jesus Himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, Why are you frightened? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy they were disbelieving and still wondering, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish. And he took it and ate it in their presence. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in His name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my Father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The text starts out with while they were talking about this, while they were speaking about these things. And, you know, in my mind, it's got to be that Emmaus Road experience where Cleopas and the other disciple have suddenly run into Jesus on the side of the road and recognized him when he broke bread in front of them. And, I'm sh- and you know, they come and they say, man, weren't our hearts burning inside of us when he spoke? And they've come back and and they're sitting with the other disciples. And I can't imagine the the questions and the rumors and the wondering and the what in the world kind of thing that must have been going through their mind. What do you mean He's risen? We saw Him dead. Do you remember what your first word was? Anybody? We'll start with show of hands. Anybody remember your first word? I don't. Anybody told what your first word was? Your parents ever tell you? Samantha's first word was egg. She looks like she wants to scream it, so I'll just tell you. Samantha's first word was egg. Isn't that weird? Egg. I took Leanne to the seminary I went to one time. I had to go by there and do some paperwork or something to that effect, and the, it was early on when I first started going, and the receptionist for the, the, did I say cemetery? I meant to say seminary. For the seminary I went to, good grief, that's horrible. Um, and I don't know what I said or I was thinking it, and I'm confused. At any rate, I digress. So I get there, and Leanne sees all the pictures of the woman's children on her desk, right? And she looked at her, this little tiny kid, she was that tall when she came to us, two and a half years old, and a little tiny, stunning growth, tiny little thing. 
And she looked at her and she said, apparently you must love your children. And the woman about fell down. And I said, I, I didn't teach her that. We've only had her a month. <laughs> you know? oh, I didn't teach her that. But she came with this vocabulary she had picked up from somewhere. Isn't that what we do? We pick up words. And we hear our parents say words. And, you know, my mother's favorite expression was SSS. And it was four-letter words. Something would happen and she'd just say them. She wouldn't say one. She said it in all three because that makes it more holy, like a trinity, right? And so that's part of my vocabulary sometimes, even though I don't want it to be. If something happens, I will catch myself saying that little three little, you know, because my mama said it, it must be okay. We learn words from people. We learn words. And words come to us and eventually they have meaning. Like when a child figures out what the mother means by no. Guess what the child's new favorite word is? No. How many of you have had a child whose favorite word was no at some point? Anybody? Anybody? How many of you still have a child whose favorite word is no? <laughs> Doesn't that happen? And they learn it from us. We teach them. There's this amazing little video out right now. This little tiny kid. And he's lecturing his mom and says, listen to me, Linda. Right? Have y'all seen that one? Man, we need a video and a video screen. His mo- he has heard his mother say those things to him to the point that he parrots her. And she's trying to get him to do something he doesn't want. He said, no, listen, Linda. And he wants a cookie. That's what it is. Give me the cookie. You're not listening, Linda. Over and over, he keeps telling her this and correcting his mother with the words that his mother has said to him. Words. You know, it was just a couple weeks ago we were remembering words of Jesus as He was either going to the cross or nailed to the cross. And the church has developed a whole tradition around that. The seven last words of Jesus. And by words we mean phrases or groups of words. The seven last things Jesus said before He died. Here they are. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. We treasure that one, don't we? Because we know that if He can forgive His killers, He can forgive us. That was from Luke 23. And then from John 19, Woman, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. To put to, to end those rumors that Jesus didn't care about his family or his mom and what was happening to him. But Jesus cares about everything around him. Even familial relationships and the importance of them. And he looked to take care of his mother as he was dying. And then from Matthew From Luke 23, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. And we've treasured that one because it was a thief on the cross who had no way to earn his salvation, but had only come into that relationship with Jesus because he had believed that he was who he said he was. He had become a witness on the cross. Remember he said to the other thief, hey, don't you fear God? Matthew 27, we hear, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus' feeling of having the sin of the universe just dumped on Him. Of having been separated from God because of the same things that separate us. Because as Paul said, He who knew no sin became sin for us. Taking on our rebellion and our sin. In John 19, He said, I thirst. To fulfill Scripture, He said, I thirst. And again in John 19, He said, It is finished, which means everything has come to its end. It's come. It's accomplished. He has put to death sin. It's over. The battle is won. The fight is over. It is finished. And then from Luke 23, the last thing recorded, Jesus having said, 
Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. But there's a trick to that because that's not the last thing Jesus ever said, is it? We remember those seven last words of Jesus dying because we can look to them and we can say, hey, how can we apply this to our life? He forgave his killers. Surely he'll forgive me. I don't have to do anything to earn salvation. All I have to do is that he believed that he is who he says he is. And I can look to the thief on the cross and claim that, can I? But what is that the end? Is there nothing else he said? And Luke wants us to know that there is. There is. As they were gathered together and they were terrified and they didn't know what was going to happen next, they wondered everything about them. Everything they knew had come to a stopping point. And can't you imagine how they were talking amongst each other and all of a sudden Jesus stood in the middle of them and said, Peace! The first words of new creation. Peace. Somewhere in your life, somebody celebrated your first word. They might have wrote it down on a piece of paper somewhere. They might have talked about it. They told their friends, their relatives, their aunts, their uncles, their nephews, their nieces. They told their co-workers. Norma said, don't today. Who knows what Norma said? Do you remember? You don't know? It was 40 years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. She doesn't remember. But somebody celebrated those first words. Dear ones, can we not celebrate the first words of Jesus after the resurrection? His first words to the whole group of disciples. Now he said Mary's name. He spoke to individuals. He did these other little small things. But Luke and John both record that every time he came into the midst of his disciples, it was unexpectedly, and he said to them, Peace be with you. The first words of new creation. Why do they need that? They needed it for the same reasons that families who gather around a graveside need to hear it. Because in the midst of life, we are in death. They were in death. They were in the shadow of it, in the shadow of His death. And they needed to know that it was really Him. And because it was really Him, they could have peace in this world. That nothing else could happen to them that could ever matter ever again. They echo Psalm 118 and Hebrews 13 and Psalm 56 to say, what can human beings do to me? Because the answer is nothing. Because there is peace with us in Jesus. The risen Christ steps into their lives in the middle of death. In their fear of death, they're huddled together because they're afraid they might suffer the same fate He suffered. And he stands in the middle of them and said, Peace be with you. Wouldn't it have been different if he'd come into the room and said, Well, you know, you're right to be afraid. Wouldn't it have been different if he'd come into the room and just said, Egg. Or what if he just walked into the room and said, Some, just, Hey, how y'all doing? comes into the room and speaks the words that God has been speaking from the beginning. Peace, peace. Do not be afraid. I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Not even death could hold me. 
Not even death could hold me. So what is peace? Have you ever felt at peace? I know this. If you haven't ever felt at peace, I'm certain you felt afraid. I bet you felt terrified. I went to see that new movie, A Quiet Place. Let me just tell you all, that was a mistake. It was very good, but it was terrifying. And for whatever length of movie that thing was, there was no peace for me till the end of it. And I can't imagine that that's how they felt, huddled in that room, afraid to speak out, afraid to speak up, afraid to say maybe it's true, not wondering what's going on. And yet he stood in their midst and said, Peace. And I wonder, church, can we embold, can we be emboldened by Jesus' first words to us after the resurrection? Can we be emboldened enough to not be quiet about it? Because the world has tried to train us the same way that family in a quiet place was trained. Those creatures showed up and they were hunting people, right? If they made noise, they would hunt them down and eat them, apparently. I can't be quiet. That's terrifying. But the world has trained us Christians to be quiet and stay in our little safe place. No, no, no. Don't speak up about injustice in the world. Politicians got that. Y'all be quiet, church. We don't need to hear from you. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't need your opinion on sin. The courts will handle that. You be quiet lest we will take away your tax-exempt status. And the church would, oh, well, we must be quiet. But Jesus stood in our midst in the middle of our anxiety and said, peace. Which is more important? That He would say, you go be witnesses to these things. Or that we would be afraid of the world. I think Jesus comes and uses the word peace so that we'll know that we don't have to be afraid of anything. Period. Whether it's creatures that come from another planet. I'm telling you, movies like that reshape your desire to know that there's other life in the world, right? In the universe. It can reshape our fear. It can destroy our fear and make us no longer want to be quiet about Jesus, but make us want to shout it from the rooftops, He is risen, He is risen, He is risen. If we will let that greeting of peace sink into us, because peace is not an absence of fear, peace is not an absence of anything, peace is a state of being calm in the midst of it. Peace is a state of tranquility in the midst of the storm. And that's what He brought to them that day. Tranquility and calm in the midst of a storm, in the midst of all kind of craziness and calamity that we can't comprehend. Because they thought He was the Son of God and He was dead. But He walked into their midst and said the first words of new creation, Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. And after he talked to them about everything that happened to them and reframed it so they could understand it, he said to them, you are to be my witnesses of these things. We're not just the recipients of Jesus' peace, we are the witnesses of it. And witnesses 
are people who share things. Three years ago when this text came up, I talked about the old battle between Channel 3 and Channel 9 on the news. And when I was a kid, you know, what newscast you watched was almost as big a deal as what football team you pulled for. Uh, I, don't, I never understood that, but it was the case. But Channel 9 had this really kind of interesting tagline. It was eyewitness news. Y'all remember that? That's what they said about themselves. You're called to be eyewitnesses, dear ones. You're called to be soul witnesses, spirit witnesses, heart witnesses to the peace that Christ offers. Because just like Him, you bear in your bodies wounds. You know the cost and the hurt of sin. You know the cost and the hurt of rejection. You know the cost and the hurt of death. You know the cost and the hurt of all the things that would steal the joy out of this life. And yet, you know the peace of Christ. You know what it means to sit in the midst of death and say, but we are in life because of Jesus. He came and He showed them the wounds on His body and said, peace. And we're called to carry that same peace to others because we have been wounded too. We know the wounds of sin and death, but we also know the healing of life. We know that there is resurrection because we believe Jesus is raised. And we believe that because Jesus is raised, Peace is possible not just for us, but for the families affected by the shooting out in front of us, for the families who've been affected by death this week. We know that there is peace because Jesus stood in that room and said, Peace be with you. First words of a new creation. You, dear ones, are called to be witnesses to that peace. My prayer is that you will embrace that. That you will ponder what it means for you to know the peace of Christ. That you will look for those places in your life where the peace of Christ shows up. And that you will share those stories. Because somewhere, someone needs to hear them. And to know that there is peace even in this life. There is peace in knowing Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.